people get really offended if you call them homophobic or racist or sexist or whatever it is. And it's like, why is that word so offensive? Because imagine if the word is offensive, then imagine how the act of receiving that word feels. And just because you might not be running around, you know, spewing hate speech or causing harm to queer people, your actions speak louder than words. Welcome to Openly Spoken. I'm your host, Celia Antonio, growth mindset and mindfulness mentor who loves to lead with quantum self-love. In this podcast, you'll get to hear real and unfiltered stories covering topics around spirituality, womanhood, healing, love, relationships, and more. This podcast is for spiritual, ambitious women who want to live a life that they are in love with and who are looking for a more aligned way to do things because the world loves to tell us women what we quote, should be. So think of this podcast and my work as your guide to bring you back home to your truth and what makes you uniquely magical. Feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at selfexpressbabe, where I periodically share video content from the podcast and where my DMs are open for you to connect with me. I'm so grateful that you chose to listen in today and I invite you now to set an intention, sit back, relax, and receive the transmission coming to you through Openly Spoken. Thank you for being here. Now let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Openly Spoken. If it's your first time, thank you so much for being here. I am so grateful for your presence. And also, happy Pride Month. This month on Openly Spoken, we are intentionally featuring people from the LGBTQIA plus community. And today I am so excited to bring to you my friend, Olivia Beaton. Olivia and I met when I was living in New York City, and I didn't realize until I got to hear her story here that I met her basically right after she came out, probably like six months afterwards. So I'm so excited for you to hear her story. I'm so excited for What I love about Olivia is she has this personality of like unfilteredness and like rawness and she'll just like bring her ideas to the table and it's going to be a good invitation for you to open up and think about things, especially in part two. (laughs) We had to record more than one episode because there's just so much to talk about And this episode is going to be mainly covering Olivia's story. So a little bit more about Olivia. Olivia is a gay yoga teacher living in New York. She's also a writer and a photographer. And in all of her work, what's at the forefront of it is storytelling. And she's always striving to create connection through shared experiences. So if you like this episode, there are going to be links in the show notes of how to find Olivia. There are also other resources in the show notes like the Trevor Project and resources for therapy and all of that good stuff. And I really, really, really hope that these episodes and this episode specifically helps at least one person. I hope it helps you accept yourself more. I hoped that I hope that maybe if you grew up in a more conservative way and maybe you are straight. I hope that this episode 
softens your heart and opens you up to people who are different from you, because that is how we make the world a better place. Just celebrating our differences. We're not all meant to be the same. But before I go off on a big tangent there, because I can totally talk about this forever, let's have a chat. Let's sit down and have a chat with Olivia. So go and grab a cup of tea, go get a blanket, sit and get cozy and get ready to chat with two girlfriends. And I hope you enjoy. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. I've been looking forward to it. Yeah, it's also cool to like get to connect with you because I feel like we met and then like the pandemic happened and I moved away. (laughs) Yes, yes, I know. It's like, I feel like that part of my life is like a blur. Like it, like I moved to the city, it started, like I met so many awesome people and then I never really got to see anyone again. Yeah. So let's start by giving a little introduction of who you are and what you do in this world. Yes. Um, My name is Olivia. Um, My pronouns are she, her, hers. Um, I I wear a bunch of different hats in my life. Um, I kind of always knew my whole life that I didn't really want a typical nine to five job. Um, Wasn't for me. Um, So I am a yoga teacher. I am a writer. Um, I am a photographer. I uh, run social media accounts. I do social media um, management. Um, and I am also super, super gay. Um, and yeah, so all of that, I think it really boils down to um, I really love the art of storytelling, whether that's through yoga or photography or writing itself. Um, and it really, for me, my goal, my purpose and the work that I do is just creating connection, um, and kind of helping people find connection with themselves, with others and knowing that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm also curious, uh, with the yoga, cause I had a guest on, her name is Jane and she, I think she's going to be, I think she's going to be the first episode that's out for this month of June. And she shared with me that like her coming out story really interweaved with her spiritual awakening story. So I'm curious with yoga, if like that was what led you to find out or, or if not, like if you already knew, was that like what gave you the confidence to like go out in the world and be like, this is me. (laughs) Absolutely. So I started yoga when I was 15 um, and I was an athlete at the time. So I played lacrosse, I played field hockey and I actually had a lesbian field hockey coach, Um, but she was a little bit scary. So it wasn't like I wanted to be her. I was a little bit scared of her, Um, but we had to get in shape. It was a very, our field hockey team was very good. And we had a very strict workout regimen, um, for the summer after my freshman year, I really wanted to make the varsity team and I don't like the gym. I don't like (laughs) running. Um, I had shin splints, so I needed something else. And, um, a yoga studio had opened up in my town and I was like, this seems like a cool thing. Like, I think I could do that. Um, and so I started going and, um, it just, I didn't know why at first, like I just went for the physical benefits, but something kept me coming back and it took me a while to really place it. Um, Mm -hmm. and after a while, and obviously in hindsight, you know, I realized that it was just the one place where I wasn't being judged as Mm. a student, as an athlete, as a daughter, you know, 
I from I'm from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, which is a wonderful, wonderful place. But um, it's a place where a lot of people are really the same. Um, and I grew up around a lot of conservative people, especially in my family. And, you know, I was an honor student and I was an athlete and I just felt all this pressure around me surrounding who I was supposed to be in all mm-hmm. these different places. You know, I had to get the good grades. I had to be the perfect daughter. I had to be the star athlete. I had to score X amount of goals. And that's debilitating for a 15 year old, um, yeah. to feel like you don't have anywhere to turn and, The thing I noticed about the yoga studio was just no one cared about any of that. And that was so Mm. freeing. And so I continued practicing. Um, I got to college and my freshman year, I didn't have a car on campus. So I kind of took a little break, but I felt it. Like I felt that missing in my life. I missed yoga so much. Mm. And my sophomore year, um, as it often happens in life, I had a a little like mental breakdown moment, you know, where just mm. everything is so bad. You feel like you're at rock bottom and you just like need to do something different. And so I was like, to hell with it. I found the nearest yoga studio. I got to class and I remember sitting there and the teacher at the front of the studio was talking about her wife and my ears kind of perked up a little bit. And I was definitely still deep in denial, deep in the closet. Um, but the studio that I found, this community that I found is where I ended up doing my 200 hour training. And for me, that's really where I started to unpack all of the parts of myself. Mm-hmm. And I started to realize that all the things that I had been struggling with, like the self-hatred, the depression, the anxiety, all of it was because I was trying so hard not to be the person that I, that I am. Mm-hmm. And I might not have been able to place it like, yes, I am gay. But as I went through my training and started to learn about, you know, nonviolence and self-love and being authentic and following your dharma and all of these things that we talk about in yoga, I was just like, the the truest version of myself is, is, is my sexuality. And mm-hmm. so having that experience after my 200 hour, I was a junior in college. And that's really when I started to kind of be like, okay, I think that this is who I am. And I was a little nervous at first because, you know, yoga is supposed to be a place of radical love and self-acceptance and kind people. But as Mm -hmm. with everywhere in the world, you know, you, it's not, that's not always the case. And I was so lucky to have my teacher who was openly queer and, um, you know, kind of paving the way, but you know, it's always different when we think about it as ourselves. And I was you know, like, you know, will I still be accepted? Will students still want to come to my class? And those mm-hmm. thoughts always came up. But I think for me, I am so grateful that I found a yoga community in a place like that is my family, that is my home. And I know that they love me more because of who I am. And I think that was such a crucial element. And even we have like events coming, we're planning like events for Pride Month. We were just talking about it today and um, we're gonna like post on social media and like share how like our queerness and yoga like go hand in hand. And that if you are a yogi, if you consider yourself someone that practices yoga, that means not being homophobic. (laughs) That means people and being an ally and and supporting Mm -hmm. them because, again, the number one principle of yoga is nonviolence. And so if you, your attitudes, belief, your, your voting patterns, any of it, if it causes harm to other people, whatever group of people that is, then I don't care how many handstands you can do. Mm -hmm. 
I'm going to have to connect you with Jane because I think you will get yeah, along absolutely. and you both, you're both, you both like share kind of the same, um, same little messages about like yoga and accepting people. And yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah. And it's great that I know so many, one of my other teachers at the studio, she um, wasn't out when she started teaching at the studio and I'll never forget the first time that she walked in and she met myself and she met my boss and we're both so openly gay just all the time. And she was like, I think I might be a lesbian. And we're <laughs> like, yes, like, you know, but it's so cool that yoga, you know, I think of like myself and when I first walked into yoga and I want that for my students, I want them to know that whether it's their sexuality, their gender identity, their, their race, their spiritual beliefs, like whatever it is, I want them to know that this is a space where they can experience all of that and dive into it and not have any judgment from myself or the people next to them. Mm -hmm. And it's really beautiful too, how in just showing up as who you truly are, like just in witnessing that you help other people and like you experience that firsthand from like seeing someone else being openly queer and, and you being like, wait, I can teach yoga and, and still be myself. <laughs> so I yeah. think that's a good thing to keep in mind. If, if, if we're like afraid to show who we really are, like no matter what it is, if it's your sexual expression, your gender identity, your religion, your culture, like no matter what, like when we don't fully express that, we're also like not only depriving ourselves, we're also like depriving all the people we could have inspired for exactly. them to also be themselves. It's like a ripple effect. Exactly. I, about a month ago, I had the, this was probably one of the best experiences in my life so far. Um, at the studio, we had a group of 50 high school students that were all part of um, a mm. local high school's theater program. I and, saw that in your, in your stories. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't really sure what to expect. I was a little nervous because, you know, mm -hmm. if I'm only 25, you know, they were 10 years younger than me. It feels like just yesterday I was in their shoes and I know what it feels. I can still feel it. Like I, mm -hmm. I can still feel that struggle and the pressure and the hormones and mental health issues and, and all of it. But we had a couple, we had a whole afternoon with them and um, you know, I never assume anything about anyone's, you know, gender identity or, or sexual orientation. Um, but, you know, we were both my, my, my uh, boss and I were both open from the beginning that we were queer. And, you know, I'm not subtle. Like my phone case is a rainbow. I have a rainbow tattoo <laughs> on my neck. Like I'm as gay as it gets. And at the end, they were all coming up and like, you know, saying thank you and how much, you know, it helped them and how calm they felt and how much happier they felt. And one kid came up to me and he was like, I don't know how this is possible, but I feel even gayer than when I arrived. <laughs> like, I was like, yes, like that's what I want. You know, I think that throughout my whole life, I always kind of wanted to know what my purpose was, like not in a morbid way, but I want to know that like when I leave this earth, whenever it is that like I made an impact, I made a difference somehow. And I think for me, I've realized that that's through telling my truth, even the mm. moments that are yucky, even the parts that aren't the highlight reel, even the mistakes that I've made, the things that I've struggled with, like, it's not glamorous. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's my life. But if I can share that, and I can be honest about it, and it can help even just one other person not have to feel how I felt, 
then it's infinitely worth it. I would rather go through the struggle of putting myself being vulnerable with the world Mm -hmm. than having, you know, someone else feel like I did at 15 and 16. And even, you know, up till I came out at, at 22, I still had a lot of, you know, internalized homophobia. And even after I came out, I still experienced, you know, um, not a lot of support or judgment or whatever it may be. And I just think that I don't want someone to feel like I felt, I think that that's like empathy Mm -hmm. in its truest form. Mm -hmm. So what did, what did that look like? You came back your junior year and you had done your 200 hour training Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I'm gay. Like, this is how I'm, this is how I'm showing up. Like, how did, how did that unfold? Yeah, it was, it was a long process. So I kind of started secretly, like I'd only really dated men. I had had like, you know, I dated men and, um, and I was like, I don't know about this, but you know, it was what everyone was doing and I wanted to feel normal. And, um, so I started it slowly. Like I didn't really tell anyone. I started like switching my settings to like men and women. And I would like chat with women. And it really wasn't until my senior year of college that I like fully was like, okay, like I'm, I'm ready to, to deal with this. I'm ready to be open about this. I'm ready to start dating women. And so I did. And I started to tell some of my close friends and I first came out as bisexual and, um, I talk a lot about, cause now I do identify as a lesbian and, bisexual is real. Um, so my experience like first coming out as bisexual and then realizing that I am gay, um, does in no, in no way erase bisexuality as an identity. Um, I think for me, um, it just, it was like a stepping stone. Like I felt I still had a lot of concern and worry about how I would be perceived by people in my life. And I still wasn't hundred percent sure I hadn't dated women. I didn't know anything about how it would make me feel. And so I think it still felt like I could have one foot in the closet. Like I could still be like, just kidding, mom and dad. Like I still like men, you know, which is so problematic in of itself. Um, But so I started dating women and I graduated college in May of 2019. And I remember I had my first real girlfriend and we were dating and I wanted to wait till after my graduation party to, you know, (laughs) tell my family because I didn't want to ruin the big achievement that I had just, uh, you know, made. Um, and it was one of the most terrifying moments of my life. I just remember sitting in therapy for weeks and weeks leading up to it, just sitting on that couch and being like, I can't, Mm. I can't not, I won't, or I don't want to like that physical feeling of, I cannot do this. Um, it's crippling. And, um, you know, I got so many wonderful words of wisdom from so many people and I had so much support from friends and from, um, I had told some family members who I knew would be supportive, but just that fear that you're not going to be accepted and not even that you won't be accepted, that you could be, you know, hated or looked different. Like, it's just so heartbreaking and, mm-hmm. Um, sorry, especially by your family. Yes. Yes. Um, so I, I came out and, um, my parents were just very shocked. Um, and I think that that's something, you know, as a society, you know, I don't in quotations look gay, whatever that (laughs) means, right. There's no looking gay, but I think, you know, cause I didn't like shave my head or, you know, like I like to wear dresses and I'm feminine and they were just surprised. They didn't, you know, see the signs growing up. And mm-hmm. 
Um, that's just like a lesson and, and anyone can be gay. And then also I'm like, I had 27 posters of Hillary Duff on my wall. Like that was <laughs> that's a bit funny. Of <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Hillary Duff because when you were talking about your hockey coach, like I thought of the, the coach from, from Lizzie McGuire. I don't know if you remember her. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, like I was just like, there were so many, like when I look back on my child, like there were so many signs. Like I just, like I always loved women. Like I would force my parents to go out on date night so my babysitters could come over. Like I like <laughs> a lot so of funny. Um, Like, <laughs> oh, it was really, it was really hard. And I think, you know, I understand, you know, for parents or for family members, it can be a lot to take in, you know, like you have expectations, dreams, goals of who you want your child to be or who you think they are. And when they tell you that those perceptions are wrong or that they're different, I can get that that is a lot to digest and a lot to take in. Um, but I, I think that you know, for me, it's like when you have a kid, you um, you're agreeing to accept them no matter what they turn into. And if you don't feel that way, then maybe you shouldn't procreate. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but, that's what you're signing up for. <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, you know, I was so happy. I, I was scared. I was struggling in still many other ways, but I felt a weight lifted off my shoulder. And I think that that, even though the reactions didn't always go the way I wanted them to, I still felt so much relief in that I was living as my authentic self, Mm -hmm. Um, but it was a rough couple of months and I decided I moved. That's when I moved to Brooklyn. And, um, when I moved to Brooklyn and I was just, I was living with other queer people and I just like had this whole community and, you know, for me, it really was stressing the importance of like chosen family and um, mm-hmm. having a queer support system or having a place like a yoga studio or having those people that truly do love you more when you're you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, how did you find them? How did I find them? I think that, um, you know, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's like a bat signal for like queer people. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot and I, you know, I know you do too. And just like, like manifesting like that energy, like you have to put yourself out there. And I know I'm very um, extroverted by nature and outgoing, but I know that's not easy for people. Um, But you know, there's apps, like you can go on dating apps and just use it for friends and you can find queer friends. Mm -hmm. that way. Um, There's a lot of social media influencers on Instagram that are like queer influencers that like post. And I've met friends in the comments. Um, I've met people I've gone out to in New York city. We're so fortunate to have so many like queer bars and spaces. Yeah. Um, New York living in New York was actually like, I learned so many things that like, I just didn't know about, like, I had no idea that gender fluidity was even a thing until I lived in New York. And I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) But I just had never heard of it before. Like it's, it's, I think New York might be one of the best cities to exist in if you're in the LGBTQ community because mm-hmm. it's just so diverse and there's um, big areas where there's, you know, lots of gay bars. Like where I worked was in Chelsea. Chelsea mm-hmm. in Manhattan has a huge gay community. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really, um, it's just so nice to be able to, to let your guard down and, and not have to worry. Cause even in, you know, liberal 
places like New York, you know, I don't always feel comfortable in a regular bar or a straight bar. Mm. I'm with like my girlfriends, like Mm -hmm. hands or can we make out or like people going to look at us weird or people going to say something or are people going to try to hit on us. And it's just like knowing that you have those spaces. So I would say like to seek those out, like to seek them out in, in any way possible. Um, because it can feel lonely. You know, there were months where like, I didn't really talk to my parents, especially my mom took it a little bit uh, harder. And there'd be months where we didn't talk. And um, when the election came around in 2020, that was a really, really, that did a lot of harm that put up a lot of walls between myself and a lot of my, my family members. And even though I was happy, and even though I knew that I was being authentic and being my best self, and I had so many people that supported me, you know, it doesn't take away that that feeling of loss or Mm. grief or mourning for the life that you had before. Um, I would never take back coming out. I love who I am and I love my life, but sometimes, you know, I miss, um, I miss when the walls weren't put up or I, the relationships that were a little bit easier beforehand. Um, and I think it's just important, you know, and I asked this, I asked this of a lot of people, people on social media or my family. It's like, people get really offended if you call them homophobic or racist or sexist or whatever it is. And it's like, why is that word so offensive? Because imagine if the word is offensive, then imagine how the act of receiving that word feels. Mm. And just because you might not be running around, you know, spewing hate speech or causing harm to queer people, your actions speak louder than words. And, you know, for me, if if you voted um, a certain way, you know, in the last election, you know, that's a blatant act of homophobia. And I will say that until I am blue in the face, because look what's happening in our world right now. You know, queer people, homophobia is alive and well unfortunately, yeah. but people who say, oh, it's so much better than it used to be. Sure. It's better than it used to be, but it still exists. And it's something that queer people still face every single day. And and it almost feels like we went a little backwards in 2016 because all these people that were keeping things to themselves saw someone who was in charge acting like them. And they're like, oh, okay. It's okay to be like this. So then all, right. all these people came out of the woodworks, people who are sexist, people who are homophobic, like, oh. it feels so invalidating. And like, I've had people say this in so many different aspects of my life that like, well, like there's, there isn't homophobia or like, it's so much better. Or you live in a liberal state or this or that, mm-hmm. or the other. And like, that's just make that's you're not helping like that's adding to the problem like when you turn your back when you turn a blind eye and pretend like something doesn't exist when it clearly does you're just as bad as the people that are causing the problem Mm. and it's like the only way that we can get better or do better as a society as a community is is to recognize the faults and to, to do better and to, to show up for our friends, our neighbors, our loved ones. And um, I had, a, I found out over Easter that uh, one of my younger cousins who is 15 um, in high school, gay, has a girlfriend. And I had so many different feelings about it. I was first so happy and so yeah. 
proud and just like, so like, oh my gosh. And then I had a little bit of jealousy because I was like, I wish that I could have come out at 15. Mm-hmm. I, I had had that comfort, that confidence, that support, because I do think that, you know, all the conservatives are like, they're turning gay younger. And it's like, no, actually, like people just feel more comfortable to be themselves sooner, which is amazing. But then I felt a lot of, then all of that turned into worry and fear and concern. You know, if I know that I've experienced these ways of homophobia or these experiences or these hardships, you know, what's in store for her, you know, 10 years younger than me. Mm. And you would like to think that it would be better, but like you just said, you know, it feels like we've slid backwards in, in a lot of ways and it's, um, it's disheartening and it's exhausting. It's exhausting as a queer person um, to continue to exist in a world where you feel like you have to prove why you should have to exist mm-hmm. and why you should have rights and why you should be able to have sex and get married. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, as if it's anyone else's business. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, we'll get into more of the the rights and all of that stuff in our part two episode. Um, but wow, I didn't realize that I met you like right after all of this, because I think yeah. we met in like December 2019 or like towards the end of 2019 when the studio, yoga studio that we both were working at was yeah. like getting ready to open. I think we met actually at the class that she had, like there was like a class that everyone had to go to yeah. where she like recorded the yeah. video. That yeah. Was, yeah. That was right in the, that was right after I had come out only like six months before that I was in a relationship at the time with a woman and things in my life were a little on the rocks. I mean, that was a really hard time in my life. I would mm. go, there was a specific Barnes and Noble in Brooklyn where I would go and sit and cry on the floor. <sighs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, because it's, it's hard. And, and, you know, in yoga, we talk about it to be so, to have so, to, to feel two opposing emotions at the same time, to feel so happy, so glad, so free, but then to feel this, this guilt, this loss, this disapproval, this fear. Mm. And it's like pulling you in, in opposite directions. Mm-hmm. And then also you're in this like new city Mm -hmm. that's moving really fast. Like moving to New York, I think probably from anywhere is a really hard transition. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I think it's like one of the best places to live for like personal growth Mm because you're forced to face your shit in New York City. Like if you don't, you'll end up being a person who asks for money on the subway. That's that's what I believe. (laughs) Yeah, then it forces you, you know, New York is cutthroat. It is not yeah. of heart. It is, you know, it'll chew you up and spit you out. And it did for me a little bit, but at the same time, it, you know, it showed me what it was like to stand on my own two feet and mm-hmm. struggle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to find and to show up and to have to fight for myself and to fight for the life that I wanted and the person that I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And there were so many days where I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I wanted to just throw in the towel where it would have been easier to just, you know, acquiesce or give in or go back to, to a different version of myself, but it was too late. You know, I was already doing Mm -hmm. it. 
and I was already seeing the benefits of it. And I was already starting to watch the person that I always wanted to be, you know, come to into existence. And I was like, that's really freaking cool. (laughs) You also uh, mentioned to me that this being very open and comfortable with who you are is relatively a new thing. And I know that when we met at either the end of 2019 or beginning of 2020, like from then to now being 2022. I know, blink of an eye. <laughs> right? <laughs> what, what is it that was like the pivotal shift for you where, where was it? It was probably gradual. I don't know. What is it that? Yeah. Therapy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> If you're listening to this podcast, you're not in therapy, get there now. (laughs) Um, Lots of therapy, lots of yoga. And I think that's something you have to undo before you can redo. Mm. I had to do so much unlearning. I Mm. have so much internalized homophobia. And from your, from your upbringing, right? Upbringing. And just, I didn't, it wasn't even like there was like constant, like, homophobic comments or remarks or bashing, but I just, where I grew up and in the community, I just knew that it wasn't okay. I knew that it wasn't mm. even an option. I was like, I can't be gay because it is not an option. That would be the worst possible thing that I could be. Mm. Not true. Not mm. true. <laughs> um, I, so in between now and then, you know, I, I had, you know, I dated around, I had a couple of relationships and I, in that about, I guess a little over a year ago, I realized, you know, that I was definitely gay and not bisexual. Um, and it wasn't scary anymore to like, feel like that I had, like, I was like, okay, it's it's just women. And that would have been like mortifying to me like years ago. Um, but I was like, I don't care. Like women are hot, like women (laughs) and beautiful and amazing. And like, it's just me being me. And so I think when I came out as a lesbian and I just had all this chosen family, I have these queer friends and I just started to step into the yoga and the writing and the storytelling and realizing that, yes, I've been through all of this shit, but I think I owe it to myself and to other people to like turn it around. Mm -hmm. And I decided to like, to shift my perspective. And um, I just, why, why was I hiding? Why was I ashamed? There was no good reason. There was no good reason. And, you know, I think that if you're being yourself and you piss a couple people off along the way, then like, hell yeah, like good for you. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that I wasn't going to get the people that don't support me, the people that don't approve of me. There's nothing that's going to change that. There's nothing. I could win like a Nobel Peace Prize and there's still going to be someone who doesn't like me or doesn't mm-hmm. agree that I'm gay or doesn't like that I'm a yoga teacher or thinks my writing is bad. Like there is always going to be someone that doesn't like you that you're going to piss off. And why is that any reason to not keep doing the things to keep being who you are? I think I just reached a point where I was fed up. I was Mm. fed up of letting other people diminish the light and the person that I am. And I decided to just step into that fully. And I accepted that there might be some bridges burned and things might be different but this is who I am. I'm not going to change. This is how I'm going to live. And if you want to be included in that and invited into that, then it's up to you to change. And it's up to you to do the work because I've already done it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. 
<laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And not to dive back into the politics, but I think the election helped a lot too. Just like me getting to, cause you know, I, that was my first time voting um, in the 2020 election. So, mm-hmm. you know, to really step into myself as an adult and mm-hmm. voice in my power and realize that, you know, even still, I still come, even though I'm queer, you know, I am, I'm a white woman. So I do have a lot of privilege over other people in the queer community and a lot of communities. And so realizing that to use my voice is helping other people, you know, mm-hmm. really for me, I think it's harder for me to stand up for myself than it is for other people. So the notion that by being myself and by speaking up that it could help others was really something that fueled me to do the work even more. Mm. Yeah, that's really beautiful and a good thing to like put your mind, your mind's focus on in order to have that courage to just like be real and be yourself. <laughs> so I hope that that I'm, I, I don't hope, I know that that will help someone that's listening. Yeah, definitely will. It's cool. And it's, um, it's cool to see, you know, like those teenagers that I worked with, or I have people that I went to high school with that sometimes like reach out to me on social media and like, they're queer now and they like thank me or like say that I helped them or like there was Aww. one girl that was out in high school and, and she came out as gay and we were friends and she reached out to me and was like, you know, you were the only one that acted normal around me or the only one that supported me. And I was like, probably cause I was secretly a raging lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, not to like, make it like I, you know, and it's not me. I'm not the only one doing this. It's not like I want to take credit for it or get a pat on the back. Like it's just, to me, it's just like natural. It's just like being a human and why mm-hmm. wouldn't want to, to do that? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, now I'm, I'm 25 and I'm really just, um, I feel like I've done a lot of the unlearning and I feel like this is the past year. I really just felt like, you know, I quit a full-time job. I stepped into my passions. Um, I fully embraced who I am. I'm not shy on like social media anymore. And it just, this is who I've always wanted to be. Mm. This is the life I have always wanted to live. It is not glamorous by any means. It is still hard. There are still days where I have moments of doubt and I wish that it was easier and I wonder what it would look like if I had done things differently, but I know that that's just a place of fear. And I, I know that everything I've done has gotten me to this point and it's, it's just so freeing. And, you know, if I had any advice to anyone who was struggling or obviously, you know, coming out isn't easy, always, mm. You got to do it on your own time. And obviously safety is a huge component, you know, um, while I might not have always gotten the support that I I wanted or craved, you know, I was never in a a dangerous situation. And unfortunately, a lot of queer kids are. Um, But to just make sure that you're safe and to know that it's not bad. It's not bad to be queer. It is so beautiful and wonderful. And there are so many of us out here And like I said, to get on apps or to find, you know, the Trevor project has like hotlines that you can call or, um, you know, the read queer literature. There's so much more of it, even though they're trying to freaking ban it. Um, Like, we'll get into it tomorrow. Okay. Um, (laughs) It's um, 
yeah, it's just like the world is such a better place when everyone is being themselves. Whoever that is, whoever that is, like who cares? Who cares how you identify? Who cares who you kiss? Who cares what your uh, religious beliefs are? Like if you are happy and you want other people to be happy, that's what it should be. Yeah. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) So what is, what's next for Olivia? (laughs) What's your, what's your next like layer of self-expression? Yeah. Um, so many things. I, I think that I, in my yoga, I, um, I have like a yoga account for, um, like a queer yoga account, um, that I'm hoping to build more into and to offer, you know, virtual yoga or maybe in-person yoga for the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and just continuing to, you know, like voice and, and advocate and, and speak up. And I'm going back to grad school in the fall. Um, I'm going to get my master's of fine arts and creative nonfiction at the new school. Um, so buckle up for that 75 page thesis, baby. (laughs) Um, I want to write a book. I want to write about my life and my experiences, not in a self-indulgent way, but like I've been saying this whole time, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I'm happy to shed light on the, the hardest parts of my life. You know, I struggled a lot. I was really depressed. I self-harmed. I had an eating disorder, like all of these things I did to myself because I was, I hated myself so much and I feel so much empathy for the person that I used to be. And I wish I could just Mm. like give a hug and shake her and, and, you know, but she did it. She made it. She's here. And for what's next, I just, I think, having gone to such a dark place, knowing that I never want to go back there, Mm. um, you know, only onward and upward and through my writing and through my yoga and through my photography, just creating a place and telling stories of self-acceptance and radical empathy and community. And, you know, the reason that I got into nonfiction um, was around the time that I had an amazing mentor in college um, who really helped me like come out as well. Though so she, she didn't really even mean to, but I, her class was nonfiction and we were writing about ourselves and our lives. And I was reading so many nonfiction books and memoirs and essays. And I just realized like at the, at, like as humans, like at the root of our very being, we just want to know that we're not alone. Yeah to know that someone else somewhere has felt the same weird or strange or different thought that we have had we want to know that someone else like cries on the bathroom floor or someone else (laughs) like fights with their mom or someone else like doesn't know what their sexuality is or someone else you know struggles with this that like we just want to like read the words that we're too afraid to say out loud Mm. I I think that there's so much power in that so much universality um in just simple connection. And I think that part of my work, the work I want to do is, is to create that connection and to facilitate it through any means or, or medium possible, because um, I know what it's like to feel alone and unsupported and unloved. And, um, and now I'm in a place where I feel the opposite, where I feel so supported and so loved and by myself and by so many other people and to focus on that. Because mm-hmm. like, there's always going to be the haters. There's always going to be the people who don't agree. But 
what's the point in focusing on that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine you like mentoring people in the future and like, yeah, I kind of got that vision earlier when we were talking and then you said that you want to write a book. So I think like the book would be like the starting point yeah or that <laughs> work with like high school like stu- like you know yoga like yoga for teens especially I have a soft spot in my heart for teenage girls because mm-hmm. I was one you know I've coached lacrosse for teenage girls and you know that theater experience was really rewarding and I think once I get my master's I want to go and work in higher ed and be like a creative writing professor and help other students you know write and, and tell their truth um but yeah, I would, I, I love, I love working with younger people, especially younger queer people, because I had so many wonderful adults in my life. A lot of them were teachers. A lot of them were coaches, mm. yoga teachers. And I still talk to them. To, I still talk to my high school English teachers. I still talk to one of my lacrosse coaches and, you know, they all comment. They're like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And Aww. I'm like, I wouldn't be here without you. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. like to have those people in your life that that cheer you on. Um I I couldn't have done it without those people and I if anyone doesn't have that, I would I will step in and <laughs> clap and cheer and do whatever because I don't care who you are, you deserve it. Everyone deserves it, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's very under, like underappreciated or overlooked in our communities is like the, the impact that teachers have. Like I have teachers too, that I still keep in touch with from elementary school, you know, that gave me the like mirroring and like gave me space to be seen Mm -hmm. that wasn't just wasn't available because my parents were too busy working all the time. So like, it's very, yeah, it's very important to have mentors in our life. Absolutely. And because just we always, you know, as a society and we, we tend to focus on the bad stuff. I'm guilty of it. Too. Mm, yeah. Negative, bad on the, on the bad teachers, on the bad coaches, on the, on the yeah. bad. Members. Our brains like to do that. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, for, for every one person who made you feel like crap, there's at least five more who did it. Mm. And it's like, why yeah. are we, you know, don't give it the energy, you know, our energy, our time, our, it's so valuable and uh, mm-hmm. just, you know, trust. I feel like people need to trust themselves more. Like we know where we can feel within like moments, if something is good for our energy, our, mm-hmm. our, vibe, our well-being. And, and if it's not like, don't stick around, don't let yourself, you know, I have like a lot, I've, you know, gotten out of friendship, not because they were, you know, blatantly homophobic. Like, it's not like they were like hate speeching me, but it's just because, you just feel a little cringe, a little, a little mm. young, a little like my energy isn't valued and appreciated here. And you know what? I don't want to feel like that. Yeah. Yeah. That can be hard to do, but it's so rewarding. Um, so I know we have a plane to a plane to catch, a train to catch. <laughs> I come out to California and be warm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there are some questions that I like to ask towards the end. Um yes. So what does self-love mean to you? What does self-love mean to me? Mm. It took a long time to get here, baby. It took a long time. But I think self-love to me is just radical acceptance, is loving yourself, being authentic, and not holding back. 
and not feeling like you have to be more palatable or dim your light or your existence for anyone or any place else. And just giving yourself the same love, the same kindness, the same appreciation that you would to a partner, a friend, a a stranger on the street. It's just self-love is being the truest, most authentic version of yourself and not apologizing for it. I love that answer. (laughs) (laughs) And then finish this phrase. The way to my heart is. The way to my heart is by showing me the truest version of yourself. Nice. (laughs) And then when do you feel most alive? Mm, When do I feel most alive? I think when I am in when I'm in community with like-minded people, whether that be flowing on my yoga mat or being with my queer friends or being in nature or on the beach alone, when I am just in touch and I don't have to hold up any barriers or I don't have to pretend um, where I can just fully be present and embrace the beauty within myself, within the people I'm with or around me. Um, Yeah. Like I just think, you know, like pride's coming up and I'm just so excited. Like I can't wait to be in New York city and I have friends flying in and we're just going to be super gay for a whole weekend. And like that makes me so alive because, you know, that very thing used to make me not want to be alive. So Mm. really powerful Mm. to shift the narrative. Yeah. And, um, this also relates to, to your answer. What's your favorite part about being queer? Oh my God. Everything. everything, <laughs> everything. Um, yeah, it really cut like to think like my friends and I talk all the time. We're like, remember when we used to be afraid of being gay? Like now I like couldn't like no offense, but like, I wouldn't want to be straight because mm. I love so I love who I am. I think it's beautiful. I think it's amazing. I think that queer love is so powerful. And I think my favorite part of being queer is the community. Like, I don't even Mm. care if you've never met someone before, like you walk into a queer space and you have five friends within 10 minutes. Like (laughs) Everyone has a little bit of that shared experience, that Mm. trauma, the things that we've overcome, you know, there's just an understanding and a compassion within the queer community that is just so phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that ha- the people that I have met, the people I've been exposed to, the connections and friendships I've made, the support that I felt um, is something I never even knew was possible. And it's, it's an incredible thing. And then where can people who have, who have tuned into this episode, where can they find you online and how can they learn about you, learn more about you? <laughs> yes. Um, my personal Instagram is at Livy Beats, L-I-V-I-E-B-E-A-T-Z. And I'm always posting on there about my yoga, about being gay. Um, I really have no filter. Um, <laughs> my queer yoga Instagram space Um mm you understand I it's I gotta get better at it it's it's my work in progress but this summer into the fall there will be more content on it but it's namaste gay yoga um so like nama and then the word stay gay yoga um so that's where you can find me that's where you can connect with me um like please please I love I love friends I love (laughs) 
I love to hear people's perspectives or stories or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I don't care if I've never met you. I don't care if you live a million miles away, if, and I don't care if you're not even queer, if you need something else, like I'm just, um, I want to help people in any way that I can. And I hope that, um, if you find me, you relate to what I put out into the world. Um, and if not, that's okay too. Mm -hmm. I'm curious too, if there are any ways yet to like work with you virtually, or is that what you're working on with Namaste Gay? Yeah. I mean, you can always work with me virtually. You can like, people can reach out to me. Um, so the Namaste Gay Yoga, I really want it to be a platform. It's like donation based yoga for the queer community, because I know that money is an obstacle always in general for more things than, than just yoga. Um, but essentially I'm going to be putting out like videos on there and, um, I'm going to be posting yoga videos. I post a lot about, you know, how yoga and queerness can go together, um, you know, making a safe space essentially. And I'll be moving back to the city for school in the fall. So I'm hoping that that can turn into some type of in-person thing, you know, pop-up events, um, pop-up classes, you know, really just community building, um, and even just like on the page, even virtually, you know, just like, you know, I think I have like maybe a hundred followers and I know that that's not that many, but it's like a hundred people, like, let's be friends. Like let's connect. <laughs> that's it. Um, so yeah, those are definitely, you don't have, you can reach out on that one or my personal one, but, um, I'm always happy to, to help or to work with anyone who, who needs it. Cause I know too, you know, not everyone's as fortunate as I am to have a, a queer representation in the yoga space. Mm, um, yeah. It can feel like, you know, maybe I'm not welcome here. Maybe my body looks different than the person next to me. Or, you know, there's a lot of anxiety surrounding like showing up to a physical yoga studio. Um, so yeah. a lot of anxiety about being queer. Um, so my goal is to give people a space where they know that there is a teacher like them mm-hmm. who understands them. Cool. So those links will be in the show notes. Yay! Thanks again so much for uh, <laughs> spending time with me today. <laughs> Thank you and for- I'm excited for part two. <laughs> yes, I literally was like telling all my friends, I was like, I get to go talk about being gay on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And like, even this is just like, I never thought that I would get to do something like this. Like when you mm. asked me, like I was so flattered, yeah. like I just never thought that I would be in a place where I would be comfortable being this open mm. and talking about it and having it be put out into the universe. And, you know, it's just like, it makes me, sometimes I think that whether it's yoga or my life in general, I think a lot of times the past couple of years, I would be like, the work isn't working, you know? Mm not paying off the therapy, the yoga, the meditation, the huffing essential oils. I'm like, sometimes I, you, get, you get so frustrated. You're like, oh my God, it's all for nothing. It's not working. Mm-hmm. And then I get to where I am now and I'm like, it has all worked. Yeah. It has worked because I don't, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. I not give one flying fuck what anyone has to say about me being gay. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> I'm, uh, once again I'm I'm so happy for you thank you and thank you for doing this thank you for yeah. 
giving me and people like me a, a space to talk and to share this with the world. It's, it's important. And it's, um, the, the, I don't care whether it's this podcast or one post, like everyone, sometimes people don't do things because like, well, no one's going to see it or it's too small, mm. or big enough. And it's like, well, if everyone said that, then nothing would ever happen. Mm. So like yeah. all the steps, anything, like anything helps, anything is the work. And the louder we are, the more stuff that is done, the more that's shared, the more we talk. It's just it all, it all comes together to make something better and bigger and more magical. Yeah, that's so true. And it gets like deeper and deeper every time. Cause it's like showing up, showing up to share yourself is a practice in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're posting something online or even like me making this podcast, like first episode, of course, it's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it gets better as it goes. <laughs> it's like, you know, not letting those, those negative thoughts, like stop you from doing a thing that has the potential, like, to, like we said, to help even just one person, mm-hmm. like that is worth it. That is mm-hmm. worth the while, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and what's cool too, is like this podcast will still exist on the internet, like in the future when like you have your book written, you're like mentoring yes. high school students. <laughs> yes, I know. I <laughs> yeah it's just it's cool it's cool that we you know as much as technology can hinder our lives it's cool that we live in a place where we have so many different modes of storytelling yeah um, and people can share their voices and their stories and people can listen or read or watch you know it's just whatever way you can hook someone or get someone or explain something to someone or hold space for someone um, like the more the merrier mm-hmm. and it becomes this like beautiful documentation of our growth and our journey yeah I know I feel like <laughs> I know I'm like in five years I wonder what else I'll have to say I'll have to listen back and and see if it's changed or <laughs> grown or what is different um, yeah we should we should pencil in a not one in five years time and say oh my gosh yes <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Openly Spoken. I know that there's an abundance of content online, so I really appreciate you giving me your ears today. If this episode shifted something for you, please share this with a friend and slash or write us a podcast review if you're listening to this on iTunes so that more people can find this. If anything shifted for you from this episode that you want to have a conversation about, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a DM over on Instagram at selfexpressedbabe, and that is in the show notes. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.